0: Hi, this is Pastor Austin from Connection Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our services, you can go to connectionnyc.com or check us out at ConnectionNYC on Instagram. Hope you enjoy it and hope to see you soon. So, we talked a little bit earlier about what our mission statement is as a church, right? And we said it's connecting people to Jesus and one another. And so, uh, Daniel and I got together and we were talking about What's this sort of uh, maybe short transition sermon series that we can do coming out of our last sermon series and moving into what would be a time of Advent? And we were looking, and we were like, wow, it's, it's only like a handful of weeks until we start Advent, which seems kind of crazy. The year has flown by. Um, but we decided that we wanted to take a deep dive into Scripture to build this foundation of, of what our purpose is as a church. And so we say that it's to connect people to Jesus and one another, But we kind of wanted to approach it as far as like when you're on an airplane and they're like, hey, make sure you put your own oxygen mask on before you try to put on someone else's oxygen mask. We really had this conversation of it's difficult to connect people to Jesus if we ourselves don't feel connected to Jesus. And so what we want to do with this sermon series is we want to talk about how we will connect people to Jesus and how we will connect people to one another. But this week we wanted to start off with this foundational piece of what does it look like for me to be connected to Jesus. In other words, when we say that we want to be connected to Jesus, what exactly does the connection look like? We know that there are these standard disciplines that we can practice, right? Some of which we'll talk about today. But at the end of the day, how do we measure what it looks like when we are connected? We know that we can do these disciplines simply out of this obligation right if we we're a christian and we're like well we should read our bible every day and we should pray every day but if we're doing that in an an obligatory sense where we're just marking off something off a checklist and the actual action isn't getting into our heart and our soul and transforming us then is that what being connected to jesus is that what it looks like one way we can view what it looks like to be connected to jesus is we see that when people are connected to jesus many times we see this true connection play out in that they are surrounded by supernatural occurrences and radical lifestyles. People who are connected to Jesus are surrounded by supernatural occurrences And radical lifestyle. So if you guys are writing something down today, that would be something before we even get into the main three points to to be able to look and reflect on your own life. If you're not currently surrounded by supernatural occurrences and you're not currently living what I would call a radical lifestyle for Jesus, it may mean there's some sort of disconnect between you and Jesus in your relationship. If you would like, you can turn to Acts chapter 4. Uh, There should be some Bibles in the pews around you. You can use a digital Bible if you like. We'll be in Acts chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at two men who uh, have recently been preaching the name of Jesus. They've been going out and they've been living this radical lifestyle, right? And in living this radical lifestyle, they have been questioned by religious leaders and rulers at the time. Uh, We'll be in Acts 4 verse 23. And in this questioning, we're going to see that they were actually kind of pressed a little bit and asked why they were preaching the name of Jesus and also asked to stop preaching the name of Jesus. And these two men uh, were Peter and John. And so where we're going to pick up in verse 23 uh, is right after they've been uh, held captive by religious leaders of the time and told that they needed to stop preaching the name of Jesus. The people who had brought them captive had a discussion amongst themselves, and they decided they've not technically done anything wrong. So we can't really press charges against them, and we can't really uh, make them stop. But we also don't like the the gospel that they're preaching about this Jesus, and and it threatens us, and it threatens the power that we have in our culture, and it's not exactly what we believe, so we're going to question them, and we're going to tell them that they need to stop in hopes that we can just intimidate them into stopping. And Peter and John responded, and they said, should we do what you men think is right, or should we do what God says is right? And then they were released. And so this is where we pick up in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. It says, When they were released, they being Peter and John, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our Father, David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? And so one thing that I want us to see is immediately upon facing this challenge, and immediately upon being pressed, they were released, and they went to who? They went to their friends and they shared. And what did all of the friends? And Peter and John do together they lifted their voices to God in prayer they lifted their voices to God in prayer and so if we want to be connected to Jesus the first thing that we have to do is pray the very first thing we have to do is pray and that's the first point for today as we see in this example this is a challenging thing that's happening This is not simply they got called to the principal's office, right? And it was like, hey, you should probably stop doing that or we're going to call your parents. Uh, This was a situation where the most influential, powerful people in the culture had called them together and said, if you do not stop doing this, you're going to regret it. And Peter and John said, actually, we can't stop doing this because this is what God told us to do. And then they went to their friends, and with the support and encouragement of their friends, the very first thing that they did after being pressed was not worry. The very first thing that they did was not to get stressed out about it they didn't go out and grab a drink and just you know uh shoot conversation back and forth and be like man can you believe that happened the very first thing that they did was to pray it says they lifted their voices together in unity not separately their friends and then they came together and they said sovereign lord the one who made all the heavens and all the earth why do the people's plot in vain And so through this prayer, they continue on. And in verse 26 of Acts chapter 4, it says, The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and And so not only did they pray, not only did they immediately lift their voices together to God in prayer to be connected to Jesus, the next thing they did is they chose to focus on Jesus. They chose to focus on Jesus. And so sometimes in our prayer, we can get sidetracked. I don't know if that's ever been you, but sometimes I actually have to just pray out loud so that my brain doesn't wander because I'll start saying, God, uh, I'm just so grateful for you. And oh, I got a text message. Hold on a second. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. And also, um, I just, I'm really kind of worried about this thing at work. And, oh, yeah, work. What do I, okay, I need to, I got a lesson plan for tomorrow. And, so it's really, really easy to get sidetracked, even in the midst of prayer. So sometimes we think, like, oh, if, if I prayed, I'm good. I definitely connected to Jesus. But sometimes, sometimes even prayer can lead to thoughts that are distracting. And so I think it's important here that not only did Peter and John and their friends pray, but they prayed this very focused prayer about what was going on and what needed to happen. They prayed this prayer where they were focusing, even in the midst of a time where they could have been focused on the challenges that they were facing, they could have been focused on not being able to do what they wanted to do because they were threatened. They focused on serving Jesus. So as we're going through this checklist in our life and we're trying to decide, how do I connect to Jesus? What does it look like to connect to Jesus? Well, we know we need to pray, and we know in that prayer we need to remain laser-focused on Jesus and who He is and the ability that He has to work in our life. Further in Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 31, it says, "...when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken." And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. The place they were gathered was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. In the midst of challenge, in the midst of being told, you have to stop doing this or you will regret it, they prayed this focused prayer on Jesus. And they continued to do what Jesus called them to do. That's because they were willing to go places that require Jesus. They were willing to go places that require Jesus. That's our third point. Daniel and I were talking, and we were talking about personally how we connect to Jesus. And he knew that I would be preaching this sermon, and so... I had asked, I said, well, what do you think you know, some of the points should be? I, I don't want to just stand up and be like, okay, we need to read our Bible, we need to pray, we need to meditate. We, you know, There's like all these things that are just these disciplines that we're told over and over again. And not that those aren't good, they're very good, but they have to be done with the right heart posture and for the right reasons, and they have to lead to certain things. I think sometimes we focus on things in our life that are outcomes that we can't control, when we really should be focusing on the outcomes that we can control. And I think that's another focus thing. But for me, Daniel asked me this question, what is like, what do you do to make sure that you're super connected to Jesus? And I was like, well, I find that when I'm most connected to Jesus is usually when my prayer life is really healthy. When I have a set amount of time every day that I'm praying and also when I'm just randomly praying throughout the day when I feel stressed or when I feel frustrated or when I feel challenged, I find that when I'm most connected to Jesus, My prayer life is very healthy. And um, he said, yeah, that's great. That sounds like a good first point. And I said, I also find that when I'm most connected to Jesus, I'm just just focused on Him. Like things will pop in and out of my life, and it, it might sidetrack me for a moment. But for the most part, I just know exactly where Jesus is calling me to go. And I'm just so focused on getting there. It's like these other distractions in life. They, they can't affect me in a way that pulls me outside of the path that I'm on. And then I find in times of my life when I'm not connected to Jesus, even the slightest things will put me on like the biggest loop outside of what God has called me to do. And then, then I'll get back on track and following Jesus again. And so I think, you know, just this focus, this laser focus on Jesus is important. He was like, yeah, that's a good second point. And I said, but I think, you know, both of those things play into the last point that I would make. And honestly, the time that I feel like I am most in line with what Jesus wants from me is when I go places that require Jesus. And it's so easy in our lives to try to stay in positions that are, are stable. I think a lot of times I've heard this type of sermon preached before and people say comfortable. It's not a bad thing to be comfortable, but I think the comfortability should come from Jesus, not from our circumstance, right? We should learn to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And the fact of the matter is, is we're not going to to go anywhere that requires Jesus unless we are focused on Jesus. If we're not super connected to Jesus, we're not going places that require Jesus. We're only going to go the places that we know that we can handle. Because, Because who is willingly going to go into a situation that you know you're overwhelmed in, that you know you're not prepared for? I think it'd be really fun to jump out of a plane, but I don't have any training. Right? I'm not just going to go and be like, hey, I'm ready to jump out of this plane, because that's a situation that I know I can't handle. In the same way that if I'm not following Jesus, I'm not going to say, yeah, of course. Yes, I want to live in New York City. I want to work a full-time job, which is in New York City definitely more than 40 hours. Um, I also want to help plant a church, and I want to connect to students, and I want to serve the community, and I want to do all that and still have extra time for my family and for my kids. That's just not a decision that you're typically going to make unless you're really, really connected to Jesus. And I say all that not to say, like, ooh, you know, look at me, I'm connected to Jesus, because there are definitely times where I have lost focus, and there are definitely times where my prayer life has not been as healthy as it needed to be, and there's times where I've made decisions that I felt like were comfortable for me, right? And even sometimes because I lost focus, use Scripture to justify things that God may or may have not been calling me to. And so I think the point is this is as we are taking lot of where we are and as we're trying to answer the the question how do I connect to Jesus and am I connected to Jesus some really simple things we can do are these Do I pray every day? Do I pray every day? And and in that prayer is there a set time where I'm like there's nothing that's going to get in the way of praying? I was really struggling with this. I started a new job. Um, I think most of you know, but for those of you who don't know, I started a new job last October working with Northwestern Mutual. And after a few months, I felt like God was calling me to come to Connection Church in in a new capacity, right? We'd been at Connection Church for a long time, but I felt like God was calling me to interim pastor while Daniel and Carrie were going on sabbatical. And so I did that from December to June. And then uh, as soon as they came back, I had actually at a, a position where my wife works as an algebra two teacher, um, and I've never taught before. So, like the last year from like October to October was literally three different jobs, um, and two of those jobs I had never done before. And so, and I mean technically I've never been a, even though I've pastored I've never been a lead pastor. So I guess you could say three of those jobs I've never done before. And in the midst of that, I was really struggling with how to continue like these new schedules, how to continue this strong prayer life, and, and definitely the past year there, there have been gaps where, you know, two or three weeks where I definitely wasn't praying every day. I was maybe only praying two or three times a week, um, and I noticed. You notice. If you are connected to Jesus in, in a strong way, you start to notice when things go awry, and, and sometimes we can rationalize that, and sometimes we can be like, oh, I'm, I'm sure it's fine, but really, you notice it. Um, And in that lack of prayer, I began to lose focus daily on Jesus and where he was calling me. And because of those things, I started to live in a very conservative way for Jesus. Right? I didn't want to take a lot of um, risk because I wasn't focused. And I wasn't willing to go places that require Jesus. And so this was, as I was reflecting, I was asking myself these questions, questions. Do I pray every day? right? Do my decisions, right? This is how I... Do I pray every day? Obviously, that's, that relates to prayer. That's straightforward. Um, do my decisions happen as a result of what Jesus wants or as a result of what I think I need? Do we pray praying for what we truly believe in our hearts Jesus wants for us? Or do we pray for our own wants slash needs? Because it's easy to rationalize And convince yourself that you need something that you really may or may not need. Because what we really need is to be more connected to Jesus. As I was thinking about that point, I thought about Job and how faithful he was. And the story of Job is he was faithful, he didn't sin against God, and God gave him all these blessings. And then Satan challenged God and said, well, of course Job obeys you. You've given him everything. And God said, okay, we'll take away his things. And so Satan took away all his things, and Job did not curse God, and then, and then Satan said, of course, Job, you know, still follows you and still praises you. He's healthy." And God said, "Take away his health." And God limited what Satan could do. Right? He said, "Take away his health, but don't or take away his things, his family, but don't harm him. Take away his health, but don't kill him." Um, and eventually, Job gets to this point where he has this argument with his friends, and his focus is still on Jesus but it's from a position of what he thinks he needs and not what Jesus or what God wants in his life. And we see that in that he begins to question God, and God's response is finally, Job, where were you? Where were you when I created the world? Where were you when I gave you those things? Where were you when I took those things away? I am God, and I am good. And the whole moral of that story with Job is, Job thought that he had earned those things that God had given him by being obedient. And God's point was this. I give you what I give you because it's what I see as your need. And Job came to this understanding that I don't need any of those things more than I need a correct posture, heart posture with God. I don't need any of those things more than I need a strong connection with with Jesus, with God. And so are we praying every day? Is our prayer focused on what Jesus is calling us to, or is it focused on what we think we need? And then finally, are we going places that require Jesus? When I thought about this point, I thought about, there's a pretty famous video that was going around maybe like 12 to 15 years ago. It was a David Platt sermon um, excerpt. And he was talking about times that we need Jesus, and, and he was talking about this severe lack of prayer in our culture. And that's kind of where I think this whole thing comes... Full circle because David Platt said, You don't need prayer when you're sitting on your couch watching Netflix, right? You don't need prayer when you're scrolling through Facebook. You don't need prayer when, you know, you're making sure that your 401k is stacked and you're getting ready for retirement, right? You don't need prayer in all these things that are successes in our life. And sometimes the devil allows us to have successes so that we feel like we don't need Jesus. But what we know to be true spiritually, physically, emotionally, the thing that we need more than any of that is Jesus. And so if our prayer, if we're not praying, it's probably because we're not going places that require Jesus, right? And so if we're praying daily, if we're focused on Jesus, if we're allowing ourselves to go these places that actually require Jesus in our life, then what we should see happen is this. We should be seeing supernatural occurrences and a radical lifestyle. And so the reflection I would like for all of us to have this morning is the reflection that I've had over the past year. It's the reflection time that I've had as I prepared for this sermon. And it's that are we willing to do these things that our culture says, that's probably not what's best for you. You should focus on yourself. But scripture says that we should focus on others, right? Our church's mission is to connect people to Jesus and to one another. And we can't do that if we're not willing to live sacrificially for Jesus. And in order to live sacrificially for Jesus, we have to go places that require Jesus. And in order to go places that require Jesus, we have to focus on Him. And to be focused on Him, we have to pray daily. If these things are not interconnected, if they're not happening, then we can kind of trick ourselves into thinking we're connected to Jesus when really there's a bigger disconnect than we realize. And so as we wrap up this morning... The encouragement is this, Peter and John continued to boldly speak the word of God when they were told not to. They did this by staying connected to a group of friends that were praying, that were focused on God, and that were willing to go to places that required the presence of Jesus. Let that be our prayer this morning, that as a church, we would be a church that lives sacrificially, We just finished a a sermon series that was called Offensive Faith. And I believe that this goes right along with that. We cannot live out our faith offensively and effectively and take risks that Jesus wants us to take if we're not first connected to Jesus ourselves. So as we enter into this time of prayer, just ask God to help you authentically and honestly reflect on these things, your prayer life, your focus on Jesus and the decisions that you're making and let you honestly reflect and answer the question, am I connected to Jesus? Let's pray. God, we're so grateful for your word. We're thankful for the example of Peter and John. God, we're grateful for the work that you did in their life. As we know that this was not a Peter and John thing that they accomplished through their own willpower. God, this was a Peter and John thing that they accomplished through maintaining a connection with your son, Jesus. God, that connection, that same connection is available to us. It's available to us through spending time with you in prayer, through learning more and more about you and your son through your word. God, it's available by being encouraged and sharpened by other believers that are in this church and in our neighborhood. God, I pray that as we authentically spend time asking ourselves, am I connected to Jesus? God, I pray that you would just reveal ways that we could be more connected. And if there's anyone here who's not sure, if there's anyone here who's never had a connection to Jesus and they're like, you know what? I want to see radical things happen in my life. I want to see supernatural things happen in my life. I want to be someone who goes out and helps build God's kingdom. Not because of the abilities that I have, but because of the ways that Jesus is going to work in my life. Maybe there's someone here who's thinking, I'm tired of this mundane, just get up and go to work and work my life away. I want to, I want to live for something greater. God, I pray for those of us who have already made that decision that that passion would be reawoken, God, that it would be uh, made to breathe passionately and that it would drive all of our decisions. And God, I pray for those of us who haven't made that decision, Lord, that we would boldly step out and say, I'm ready. I want to follow Jesus because I want to see these things happen in my life. I want to live boldly and offensively and effectively for your kingdom. God, I pray that as we move into this time of response, you would just transform our hearts, God, that you would draw us closer to you and that we would know you better and serve you better because of the word that was shared this morning. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.